in the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, hello. Mm, it's day three of, no, day four, America, with no Tucker Carlson. Oh, my God. What are we going to do? I love Tucker. Consider him an ally. He's an important guy. He's saying important things. He just, was the resignation of Richard Nixon this big? I don't, I don't think so. I barely, barely, kind of remember Richard Nixon, actually, when he was in office. You know what I remember the most? Uh, resign, the word resign. I didn't know what the hell it meant. I was three years old, four years old, whatever, but everybody was saying resign, resign, he resigned. Resi- what that is that? What does that mean? That was at a very important moment, actually, for me. Later, after he resigned, like a year or two later, I saw a book. We had a great big picture book of presidents, and Richard Nixon was in the book, and he was standing next to his wife, Patricia. And they were all dressed up for dinner. And I just remember the media telling me that this man was awful, bad man, right? And I'm looking at the picture, and I'm with my mother, and I'm like, he looks like a nice guy. And my mother said, right away, he is. And I'm like, hmm, interesting, interesting. So all of those people on the news have been wrong. They have been wrong, actually. They're always wrong. They've always had, they are always wrong. Always. Um, always. I mean, I guess they get the sports scores right. Okay. But <laughs> apart from that, hey, right. I am a little bit shocked about this, uh, this Tucker stuff. But quite frankly, um, it, yeah, it is important. Uh, well, one of the reasons why I'm not as outraged as I was yesterday, I found out how much Tucker was making. You know how much Tucker was making? $1.6 million a month. <laughs> okay. million a month. Let's do the math on that. How much is that a week? That's more than $250,000 a week. What is that? What, $350,000 a week, right? What is that a day? $75,000 a day? It's crazy. All right. Well, good for him. Hey, it's America. And uh, you know what? Um, He's set up for amazing things. So he put that video up on, on Twitter last night, right when his show normally goes on. 801. And he put it up, and uh, it's fascinating that more people have seen this. Like many, many, many multiples have seen this video than see his show. There are people who never actually heard of Tucker Carlson who now know who Tucker Carlson is. And I played the interview with him from two years ago right on this show. I said out loud that he could be very well president of the United States that someday. And I'm hearing from all kinds of people, hey, come on, run with Trump as his VP. Could you imagine uh, unlikely, but not impossible. Not impossible. All right, you ready for this? This is Tucker Carlson. Last night, 8.01 p.m. It's still important. A lot of important stuff in here, um, even though maybe it's all gotten a little bit carried away. But no, it's still important. Cut 37, please. Cut 37. Good evening. It's Tucker Carlson. One of the first things you realize when you step outside the noise for a few days is how many genuinely nice people there are in this country, kind and decent people, people who really care about what's true, and a bunch of hilarious people also, a lot of those. It's got to be the majority of the population, even now. So that's heartening. The other thing you notice when you take a little time off is how unbelievably stupid most of the debates you see on television are. They're completely irrelevant. They mean nothing. In five years, we won't even remember that we had them. Trust me, as someone who's participated, 
And yet at the same time, and this is the amazing thing, the undeniably big topics, the ones that will define our future, get virtually no discussion at all. War, civil liberties, emerging science, demographic change, corporate power, natural resources. When was the last time you heard a legitimate debate about any of those issues? It's been a long time. Debates like that are not permitted in American media. Both political parties and their donors have reached consensus on what benefits them, and they actively collude to shut down any conversation about it. Suddenly, the United States looks very much like a one-party state. That's a depressing realization, but it's not permanent. Our current orthodoxies won't last. They're brain dead. Nobody actually believes them. Hardly anyone's life is improved by them. This moment is too inherently ridiculous to continue, and so it won't. The people in charge know this. That's why they're hysterical and aggressive. They're afraid. They've given up persuasion. They're resorting to force. But it won't work. When honest people say what's true, calmly and without embarrassment, they become powerful. At the same time, the liars who've been trying to silence them shrink, and they become weaker. That's the iron law of the universe. True things prevail. Where can you still find Americans saying true things? There aren't many places left, but there are some, and that's enough. As long as you can hear the words, there is hope. See you soon. All right. Important stuff. Really good. Now, one of the reasons why I'm like, okay, wait, what's the big deal? All right. I mean, are, are we overreacting a little bit? Yes and no. Uh, because I've been, as you know, speaking the truth to you for a long time here on WABC and Newsmax, which does not have quite the distribution that Fox uh, does. Fox is much, much, much bigger. I mean, basically, it's a multinational corporation. And Newsmax, comparatively speaking, is a startup. All right. Uh, so we don't have as many eyeballs because we're harder to find, but, uh, that's where you can go to get the truth. And oh, by the way, people are tuning in, uh, like we, we haven't seen anything like this in a long time. All right. Newsmax people are like, okay, enough with Fox. Let's check out Newsmax. And I'm quite frankly thrilled to welcome them to the, uh, the Greg Kelly show at 10 PM. Oh, I'm making a, a cameo appearance tonight on the Rob Schmidt show at, at seven o'clock because we um look i've been doing this for uh for a while and i do not really <laughs> i have no agenda other than the truth and other than quite frankly uh com- entertaining and informing viewers i mean that's now a lot of other folks over there at fox news they'll say anything as long as you keep them on tv all right they'll promote jeb bush they'll promote ron DeSantis. they'll ignore donald trump they'll promote the vaccine they'll promote the war in ukraine just keep them on tv whatever they'll do whatever it takes just to give me that dumb thing i'll read it they'll say just keep the hair and makeup and the money and the invitation to the white house christmas party and that's the thing these people uh, they go to the White House Christmas party no matter what. Okay. No matter what. They're going to, they're always going to go to the party. Uh, and that's really what they care about. They just want that. They just want the, the perks. They want all the stuff that goes with it. They don't care about the country. And they, you know, when the hell did we become an oligarchy, right? A bunch of rich people determining, uh, how our country works. That's not the way it should be. And when you have these rich people and some of them are crazy, Hey, look, they're all talented. I mean, Rupert Murdoch, for all of his, for all the stuff I'm about to say about him, <laughs> has, has kept a lot of people employed for a long time. You create a business, you're the owner, you're the CEO. That takes talent. 
And that takes, I mean, an, a lot, most, most people don't have it. Most people don't have that capacity, that, that tolerance for risk, for sticking their neck out. And so once you achieve that level of success, though, it does go to your head and you start to think you're more important than everybody else, including the Constitution, including the President of the United States. And then you know what kicks in? Jealousy. Jealousy. So much of what happens in life is because somebody is jealous, okay? And right now, so many billionaires, the ruling class, we're supposed to be in charge. Wait, Donald Trump? Yeah, he's a billionaire, but he only has $2 billion. He only has $10 billion. I've got $90 billion. He's not. He works for us. And that's why they, they that's part of they just can't stand it. They can't stand that he did it and that he won and he did it really without them. Uh, and that's why they want they want a jellyfish. <laughs> they want somebody they can control. And maybe maybe that's Ron DeSantis. I guess Ron DeSantis is actually not playing their game. I keep hearing he's not cooperating with the donors and all that stuff. So uh, part of this is uh, jealous billionaires. And, uh, you know, they think it's all about them. And, no, uh, Fox is bigger than Tucker. No, actually, we found out last night that Tucker is bigger than Fox. And also... Uh, so there's all, and all kinds of corporate intrigue. But also, you know, what the hell is the government doing playing a TV critic? That, that thing with Schumer the other day, for God's sake, excuse me, but, and, I mean, the, the head of the United States Senate is complaining about a TV show. Cut 20. Democrats, Republicans, independents need to take a stand and call out Mr. Carlson's conduct for what it is. A dangerous, unforgivable attempt to destabilize our democracy and rewrite the history of the worst attack on our Constitution since the Civil War. All right. That's all a lie, by the way. It is. It is a lie. And I've proven this so many times. And I think I actually should tonight as well, because we are there are some folks who have not seen the Greg Kelly show tuning in for the first time. Can you believe they haven't seen it? Um, but what I'd like to do is dispel that lie right there. The worst attack on the Capitol since the Civil War, uh, except for the one in 1998 when two Capitol police officers were shot and killed by a maniac. Oh, by the way, who's still in jail, uh, except for the time that a bomb went off in the United States Senate in 1980. The other bomb that went off in 1915, uh, the gunman who opened fire in the House of Representatives in the 1950s. All this stuff happened. I know it sounds right. The War of 1812. Oh, the worst thing that ever happened since. Uh, no, it's not. It's a lot, it's a Democrat talking point, and that means it's uh, probably untrue. And it was was definitely untrue. Hey, it's one thing also coming from. It's not a Democrat Republican thing. This is a this is a deep state oligarch collusion thing. What you're about to hear from right now are a bunch of Republicans condemning Tucker Carlson. And what was it's it's amazing. People don't remember. It's only a month ago that he showed us the security camera footage that we own, by the way. It's ours. We own that stuff. The American people. We own the footage. And I think Kevin McCarthy should put it out to everybody. He gave it to Tucker. Now where is it? We don't know. You know, when the Horns guy was basically, they were holding his hand, bringing him right right, right this way, Mr. Chansley. Come this way to the Senate. Let's find some more people for you to. Let's find the reporters where you can pose. The Republicans were upset. That he put this stuff out, that uh, McCarthy and Tucker Carlson put out something that was true, uh, incontrovertible, actually. Uh, and they hated it because it undermined their fake narrative. All right, let's hear from the Republicans now on Tucker Carlson. Cut 18. 
It was a mistake, in my view, for Fox News to depict this in a way that's completely at variance with what our chief law enforcement official here at the Capitol thinks. I was there on January 6th. I saw what happened. I saw the aftermath. I think it's bullshit. When you see police barricades breached, when you see police officers assaulted, I just don't think it's helpful. Breaking through glass windows and doors to get into the United States Capitol against the orders of police is, is a crime. To somehow put that in the same category as a you know permitted peaceful protest is, um, is just a lie. So we're just supposed to jump up and down and pretend that it's the worst thing that happened since the Civil War? Hmm? We're supposed to let the January 6th committee determine reality for us? A committee. After all, they had primetime hearings. Well, they cherry-picked the footage, and they found stuff, and they even they edited it ed- edited it in an uh, irresponsible and dishonest way. We can't, we can't present facts. We can't actually show footage from the United States government. That undermines everything they just said. Hmm? I'll show you again tonight the three famous clips from uh, January 6th that you haven't seen. The little cop waving people in. The cops just standing there with the door open, welcoming everybody into the Capitol. And uh, let's see. The cops just walking away so Ashley Babbitt could be shot by Lieutenant Michael Byrd. Shot and killed an unarmed woman. Where's Mr. McConnell on that? I don't care. Mr. McConnell doesn't seem to be remotely. We have to support the men and women of law enforcement here at the Capitol. Um, you know, I support the men and women of law enforcement, but I am not beholden to them. All right. I am not, uh, ultimately, you know, the men and women in uniform, watch out for this. They do it all the time in the swamp. They hide. They hide behind them. Whether it's the chubby cop, whether it's the hillbilly uh, you know, the, no, no, I get these guys confused sometimes. The chubby sh- soldier, Vinman, remember him? Chubby soldier. Oh, you can't criticize him. He was in Iraq. Hey, I was in Iraq, too. I was in the military, too. You know how many guys I know got court-martialed? All right? <laughs> We've all seen, you know, there's good and bad in everybody, all right? And I would say that, on average, the person in the military, the police department, is a cut above the civilian, but that doesn't mean there aren't bad cops. That doesn't mean there aren't bad soldiers. There's bad everybody. There are bad doctors, bad accountants, bad truck drivers, you name it. Um, and to put a halo over any any one group is wrong. All right, much more coming in all this. Oh, and that wacky E. Jean Carroll. They haven't laughed this case out of court yet. Oh, did I tell you about what she said about John Johnson? Remember John Johnson? John Johnson, we'll go to break on this. John Johnson, the reporter, cut 29. Good evening. I'm Dana Tyler. And I'm John Johnson. We begin with the deadly attack on the former New York Remember City police him? officer. He was gunned down. Great reporter. The and the killers are still Guess who loose. he was married to? E. Jean Carroll. And uh, <laughs> the stuff she said about him that she put in her book actually totally undermines her own case. And the judge should have laughed this thing out. I know they can't laugh it out, but they should have thrown it out, all right? Uh, dynamite stuff when I come back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Good evening. I'm Dana Tyler. And I'm John Johnson. We begin with the deadly attack on the former New York City police officer. He was gunned down tonight in the Bronx, and the killers are still on the loose. 
All right, that was back in 1995, uh, John Johnson anchoring the Channel 2 News. Uh, John Johnson is in his 80s right now and a very successful artist. He lives somewhere upstate New York, and I think he might have a place here in New York. I'm talking about him, John Johnson. Remember how ubiquitous that guy was? I mean, everywhere, right? John Johnson and um, you know, Eyewitness News and those guys, Bill Butel, Roger Grimsby, he was in that group, and uh, I actually... Remember, I don't remember it when it happened, but when they had the Attica riot, uh, he was one of the reporters that the prisoners wanted to come into the prison. They trusted John Johnson, and I think he actually went into the jail to try to fix the situation. Anyway, John Johnson was married to E. Jean Carroll, the woman who was accusing Donald Trump of an assault in late 95 or early 96. You can't figure out when it happened. Now, it's all preposterous, okay? It did not happen. No doubt about it. And um, guess what? She's a racist. She is a horrible, mean racist. How did this make it into a book? She wrote a book, What Do We Need Men For? <laughs> wow. Uh, what Do We Need Men For by E. Jean Carroll. You think she might have a bit of an agenda here, an anti-man agenda? What's well, right there. And she very much had an anti-John Johnson agenda, an anti-black agenda, it sounds like to me. All right, so right She's accusing him of um, of beating her up in the book. But uh, what brought it on? Number one, we don't know if that's true, of course, right? But listen to this. She's talking about John Johnson. She calls him JJ. JJ, who is six foot three and was in a rage because I called him an ape, was kneeling on the bed and trying to wait. <laughs> did you catch that? Now, um, that's like a racial slur, right? Black man calling a black man an ape, right? That could, and she put it in a book. Why would he get so angry being called an ape? A white woman calling him an ape. Yeah, that might uh, that might cause a little ruckus in the house. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The word rape carries so many sexual connotations. This was not this was not sexual. It just, it, it hurt. It just, what, it just, you know. Well, I think most people think of rape as a, I mean, it is a violent assault. It is not. I think most sexual. people think of rape as being sexy. Mm-hmm. Let's take a short break. Think of the fantasies. Mm-hmm. We're just going to take a quick break. If you can stick around, we'll talk more on the other side. You're yeah. fascinating to talk to. <laughs> What a broken down weirdo. That's E. Jean Carroll. Uh, rape is sexy, she says, huh? How about that one? Um, and what else about that? Uh, and oh, I, I showed you a little while ago how she's a uh, an out and out racist, calling a great guy like John Johnson a a uh, an ape, a monkey. Is she crazy? What the hell's wrong with her? My goodness gracious! And this is the star witness. This is the accuser against Trump. Isn't that something else? All right, um, a couple of other things. Uh, let's just go through very quickly the sins of Fox News. All right, in addition to getting rid of Tucker. Uh, what else have they done? They've done a lot of weird things. Remember, because they work for, it's all run by a, by a mercurial, very mercurial. That word used to give me a hard time. Now I understand what it means. Mercurial means, uh, moody, changes his mind all the time. This, that, and the other way, right? Mercurial. You never know which way he's going to go. Mercurial. Uh, basically, because the word mercurial doesn't sound like that. It sounds like something else. It's, it sounds of or related to the element of mercury, but it actually means uh, 
moody and capricious. And anyway, uh, when you got a moody and capricious guy running the show who has tentacles all over the place, I mean, all over the place, they've got everything going on, you know, everything from dairy farms to uh, radio stations to, um, you know, a kazoo factory in Malaysia, you name it, these guys are in it. So why is Caitlyn Jenner on Fox News day in and day out? Caitlyn Jenner talking about, you know, just things, talking about stuff that um, now when Caitlyn Jenner, who I actually like and I've met and I've interviewed when Caitlyn Jenner was newsworthy, when Caitlyn Jenner was running for governor of California. OK, let's find out what Caitlyn Jenner has to say. But to have Caitlyn Jenner on to just kind of shoot the breeze with on a Tuesday afternoon about, uh, I don't know, inflation. Does that make any sense? Well, it makes sense if you want to normalize this transgender stuff, if you want to normalize it, make it more acceptable, make it less, uh, right? That's the effort there. That's what they're doing. Um, and, oh, by the way, I think she's right when uh, Caitlin says, you know, basically you can change your gender if you're an adult. Don't do it as a kid. But to have, and we all know that, and but to normalize it the way, I don't know, maybe I could be, Maybe I'm of a mixed mind on that one. Maybe I'll take that off the list. Is that a, that's not a sin of Fox News, but I tell you what is. And as Chuck Schumer would say, it's unforgivable calling Arizona early. How about Chris Wallace meddling in the debate, uh, throwing it to, throwing it to essentially Joe Biden? How about their love affair with all the January 6th witnesses, right? Those who tried to say falsely that it was an insurrection. Hmm. How about all that stuff? Uh, what else was horrible? Um, they ignore Trump. They promote the hell out of uh, the candidates they like to the, excuse me, the exclusion of the candidates they don't like. Jeb Bush, DeSantis, they couldn't stop talking about those guys. How about Jennifer Griffin in 2020 confirming the fake story that Donald Trump was disparaging of our veterans at a cemetery, pushing the Iraq war on all of us? Hmm? Those are uh, arguably unforgivable. Hey, do you have the uh, the Chris Wallace thing I just sent you? Chris Wallace at the debate. Nobody should ever forget what Chris Wallace did, interrupting President Trump and throwing the whole damn thing Joe Biden's way. You know what he got when he uh, when he left the set? You know what they did? You know what Rupert Murdoch handed him? A glass of champagne and a ride home on a private jet. Job well done, Chris, for screwing up the guy that I'm deeply jealous of. Rupert speaking here. Does not like him. Wanted to stop him. Here we go. Here's it. Thanks a lot, Wallace. Please continue on. The issue of race. And my question for the two of you is why should voters trust you rather than your opponent to deal with the race issues facing this country over the next four years? Vice President Biden, you go first. All right. I I want to return to the question of race. Do you believe that there is a separate but unequal system of justice for blacks in this country. President Trump, I'd like to continue with the issue of race. I promise we're going to get to the issue of law and order in a moment. This month, your administration uh, directed federal agencies to end racial sensitivity training that addresses white privilege or critical race theory. Why did you decide to do that, to end racial sensitivity training and... Do you believe that there is systemic racism in this country, sir? Yes, and he would know. What is radical about racial sensitivity training, sir? Nobody's doing that. He's just, he's racist. I'd like to talk about climate change. What do you believe about the science of climate change, sir? But, sir, if you believe in the science of climate change, 
Why have you rolled back the Obama clean power plan, which limited carbon emissions in power plants? Why have you relaxed? Because it was driving you, energy prices through the sky. Why, as the moderator, sir, I'm going to make a, know, a judgment call here. Gets three and a half million okay, dollars right. from the let's mayor about, of Moscow. Let's that talk about not true. Gentlemen, that report is totally why discredited. Did he get it? I, All right. The second subject <laughs> is COVID-19, which is an awfully serious subject. So. Let's try to be serious about it. We that's, the about end of the, that's the end of the Shouldn't segment. We're, mov- we're moving on. Well, first of all, I guess I'm debating you, not him. But that's okay. I'm not surprised. Oh, good, so, <laughs> good for you, Donald Trump. I mean, really, why the hell <laughs> run for president, Wallace? You hear all that crap? You hear all that stuff, all that woke corporate crap coming from his boss, coming from Paul Ryan, board member at News Corp. They believe in all that. Well, actually, they, they don't, but uh, they're afraid of the mob. Uh, they see which way the wind is blowing. They see which way they think they can continue to make money sneakily, sneakily. By sneakily, I mean they're going to sneakily pretend they're conservative, but they're really just all about all about the cash, you know? All right, so what the hell else? We did that. Hey, let me talk to you for a second. Uh, 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 Saul in Long Island, yeah, hi. Good. How are you, Good. Listen. Tucker Carlson was fired from Fox News by U.S. government. The U.S. government is going after him ever since he took down the creepy porn lawyer, Michael Avenatti. You remember that? He took him down. He exposed them who they are. And ever since then, they've been going after him. And Chuck Schumer was on top of everything. So now Fox News is out of my house. I'm watching... Uh, 100% Newsmax, and uh, and that's it. You know, it's sad. It's so sad to see Tucker Carlson going. It's so sad to see him. He can be the next Rush Limbaugh in the radio. He now, can- listen, don't feel sorry for – look, it's not sad. It's not sad in that they tried to hurt him, and they failed, all right? They've elevated him. It's like, you know, I mean, God can turn anything around, anything around, including this. President Trump gets indicted. It, it, it solidifies him as the Republican nominee. It helped him. God can turn anything around, can ter- make the worst situation. Just he surprises us so, so much. So anyway, I'm glad you got rid of Fox. And you're right about the government leaning on him. And, yeah, you're also right. That was a spectacular interview we did with that Avenatti guy. Whatever happened to Michael Avenatti? Remember Stormy Daniels' lawyer? Uh, oh, yeah, he's in federal prison for the next 10 years. No joke. All right, let's try Sandra. Hello. <laughs> How you doing, Greg? Greg, I, I, I read an article this morning, and I wanted to share I it. I hate it when you – but you, a lot of times you, you get so worried about stuff. Um, no, but this is good in a way. I think it's – what happened was a man was executed in, in, in Singapore, but when I say executed, he was hung because he coordinated a cannabis delivery, and he didn't even have this stuff. He was just coordinating yeah, it. Yeah, I know. They, don't, the they do not play around in Singapore. They, they Be careful over there. In fact, I'm not going to ever go there again. I've been very clean, but if they catch you littering, they're going to whip you. It's a crazy place. Nice people, but crazy government. I don't want anything. I'm not going back. I'm not going back. I went to a place called Raffles, which is like the place to go. And what did I drink there? What's that big drink that they have? It's called a Singapore Sling, Sandra. 
I don't want you going there, though. Anyway, what happened to this guy? They killed him for pot. Well, yeah, but but here's the, here's the interesting part. So after I read the article, remember I told you how they have share your stance and people comment. I was very impressed to see how we in the United States are disgusted with us, and they almost like the way they do things better. Uh, you know what? I don't want to. I don't want to start whipping people for graffiti. I don't want to start killing people for marijuana. I hate marijuana. And this is something that I might disagree with President Trump about. I mean, with the death penalty for, you know, anybody who, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not necessarily down with that. Hey, do me a favor though. Don't look at those comments. Those comments, most of them are insane. All right. There, I mean, even the ones I agree with, they're totally insane. It's like the, it's a lunatic flop house. You read the comments. I don't even like you reading the articles. Now I find out you're reading the comments too. <laughs> you want to hear what I answered? Oh, you want no. to hear my comment? Uh, well, you just made a you comment. Why were you going to tell? You called on the radio to tell us what you commented to a newspaper. Doesn't sound too exciting, well, but go ahead. Okay, I wrote. I am impressed to see that my fellow fellow citizens. Oh, all right. You already said that order. to me. I don't need that. I mean, look. You think a pot dealer should be shot? No. All right. Not. All right. All right. So we agree with that. I hate pot. I don't like it. The whole country's going downhill. Hey, did you hear that Jerry Springer died at the age of 79? Huh. Jerry Springer. I'm trying to think if I ever met him. I think he came on the Good Day New York show once. Interesting character. Was the mayor of Cincinnati. Didn't he get caught? He wrote a check to a prostitute. You're not supposed to do that. Uh, but look, he employed a lot of people. I, I found the show repulsive. I found the show absolutely degrading. And there was never anything remotely redeeming about it i mean it was just people at their worst and then they they left as their worst i mean he never straightened them out he never even tried as far as i remember he think he had that thing that final thought and now my final thought and it really wasn't much of a final thought anyway he had a great big long career made a lot of money i don't i guess i'm supposed to stop talking because he just died all right do you have any thoughts on that no, I just, every day someone else is passing away. It's just very sad. Well, that's really life. Death people. is part of life. Death is part of life, and you can't let it get you down too much. Sandra, thank you so much. It's true. It's part of life. And actually, not to go back to um, uh, the emperor, Tucker Carlson, but he said this the other day in a speech actually at the Heritage Foundation, which is online available. It's 26 seconds long. And it's uh, it's an interesting um, uh, take on the state of the world. And, oh, my goodness gracious. Hold on. Hold everything. I'm watching this guy get beat up with a pipe on Fox News. This is the thing in San Francisco, right? Yeah, this is the ex-fire commissioner. And some guy is coming after him with an with – it's more than a pipe. It's like a pipe axe. It's got a big edge at the end of it. And he's released from jail. He's been released. What, released on his own recognizance? I hope charges are still pending. You know, there is a uh, bail. Bail. No, there is a bail system in times, but can you factor in? Oh, I don't like this at all. That guy is a menace. At least they waited a couple of days, weeks to let this guy out. When did it happen? It happened on April 5th. Do you remember the maniac who was with the axe in the McDonald's? And um, basically three hours later, he was giving interviews to... Eyewitness News? Oh, yes, I had a tomahawk axe, and I only use it when I am pressed to use it. When I, it, when it's absolutely necessary and there are no other options, that's when I take out the, the tomahawk. 
Otherwise, I am the nicest guy in the world. Uh, no, that's uh, that was bad news. Ah, this is actually Tucker Carlson from that heritage thing I was just telling you about. I played this last night. Very, very important. I like, you know what it is? It's proactive, proactively righteous. Listen to this. Cut 17. Maybe we should all take just like 10 minutes a day to say a prayer about it. I'm serious. Like, why not? Even I have concluded it might be worth taking just 10 minutes out of your busy schedule to say a prayer for the future. And I hope you will. That's nice. And what I liked about it, and I've done this on my show, as you know, and on the Newsmax show, it was the word I use, proactive. You know, sometimes in conservative media, we wait for things we love or like to come under attack before we talk about them, you know. Uh, religion under attack, you know what I mean? The war on the Bible, you know, that's when we feel safe, when we hit back. But what about when, what about just talking about it when it's not under attack? You can't just defend, defend, defend. You got to fortify. You have to tend to it when it's not under attack. Otherwise, it's just going to kind of wither and you're not even going to know what the hell you're defending. So I think we have to take them. And I like that praying 10 minutes a day. What about reading the Bible 10 minutes a day, as I have uh, told you about the Charles Stanley Life Principles Bible? You know, sometimes I think it's not enough when I say, you know, the Bible, because I have tried to pick up the Bible before, and I don't know. I just got lost right away, right off the bat. And some people have a better experience, and you will have a perfect experience. Anyway, I'm just grateful for Charles Stanley because there were a couple of footnotes in there, and I don't even need the footnotes anymore. I just... It's the word of God, and how can you beat that? You can't. You can't. Bottom line, you can't. You can, but you can only win. Okay, you can't beat it, but you will still win. I'll be back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, do we care about Asa Hutchinson? Did you see what I did last night? Former Governor Asa Hutchinson's running for president as a Republican. Uh, no chance, no chance whatsoever. He has the charisma of a substitute teacher who starts teaching the class the last week in school. All right. Nobody, nobody knows or cares who this guy is. Uh, this is the nicest moment of the whole event when he gets introduced by his wife and a bunch of cheerleaders for no reason whatsoever. It come up on stage and it's not like it's the advanced uh, cheerleaders, you know, who do those pyramids and tumbles and whatever the hell you ever see that stuff. I mean, it's hardcore, great athletics. There's just a bunch of, uh, you know, eighth grade girls who went up there with pom poms and then they shook them, shook the pom poms. Uh, it was weird. Cut 30, please. Cut 30. He's gone through the fire. He's ready. Welcome, my beloved and your favorite governor, I should say. Asa Hutchinson. Eight people going wild. Somebody brought a boom box. That was the sound system it sounded like. There were just a bunch of people, like six girls with pom-poms, just rustling them, not doing any stunts or anything like that. All right, now let's hear from the man himself. Cut 31. Oh. Is where you like ask for applause. Hold on. Here it comes.
very awkward watching this. No one's digging him. I mean, nobody's feeling this guy. Watch this. Stop, 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 stop. All right, let's hear from the man. Enough of my commentary. My uh, metal has been tested. It was tested when I put on a flak jacket and assisted the FBI hostage rescue team in negotiating the surrender of an armed terrorist group. My medal was tested after the 9-11 attack when I was responsible for protecting the United States from another act of terrorism on U.S. soil. Uh, brother, talk about padding your resume. All right. He was the head. He worked at the DEA, the Drug Enforcement Agency, on on September 11th. We were not worried about cocaine and weed on that day. All right. We were worried about other stuff. And he made it sound like he was the guy. And what did he do? He put a flak jacket on and he hung around the FBI while they were doing something. Not impressed. Next. I've been chief executive of our state for eight years. And that means I know how to balance the budget. I did it every single year. like every other governor in the country always says that like look at me i I balance my budget each of my four years in office six years in all eight years in all when we can we can do in washington what we did in arkansas uh next please i am running for president of the united states because i know that the best of america is ahead of us it's like he went to Hallmark and asked those guys to write up a campaign speech, right? <laughs> Just a bunch of uh, uh, one more. Greatest democracy is in your hands. Thank you, Arkansas. All right, stop, Thank stop. You. It's just pablum. Now, here's why I really don't like him. All right, because he thinks that children uh, shouldn't be able to undergo gender conversion therapy in Arkansas, and yeah, Tucker called him out on it, and it was pretty wild. Cut thirty-seven. Good evening, it's Tucker Carlson. No, 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 not what? that one. Not Good that evening, one. No, it's no, 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 uh, no, 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 no. Uh, 36, try that one. This is chemical castration, of course. If you stop puberty and suppress the sex hormones, you're chemically castrating someone. So our, our, our description was correct. But let me just ask you, I mean, there are all kinds of, we're talking about minors, children here, and there are all kinds of things in Arkansas kids in every state are not allowed to do. Get married, drink a beer, get a tattoo. Why do you think it's important for conservatives to make certain that children can block their puberty, be chemically castrated? Why is that a conservative value? And he goes, blah, 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 and he can't handle it. Sorry about that. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Have you noticed when you want to watch something on YouTube, they make you now sit through two-minute ads? It used to be five seconds in. You could press skip the ad. You can't do that anymore. They make you uh, they make you sit through the whole damn uh, – this is a commercial about some really intense medicine uh, for women and, uh, uh, I mean, really sensitive issues and, and a million different warnings about how it's going to ruin your liver and this, that, and the other thing and suicidal this, that – Anyway, I I was just wanted to watch a Huey Lewis and the News video for some reason. It crossed my mind. You know this song? How's it go? Uh, That guy was so big. Huey Lewis was the biggest thing in the world, totally overexposed for about three years. It got crazy. Uh, And then uh, nothing but... He's, I I saw him actually in Atlanta in 2003, of all places, 
playing a big concert right across the street from the hotel I was staying in. It was an outdoor concert, and there he was. These guys, if you make enough, a couple of albums. I do feel bad for the news, though. The news, Huey Lewis and the news. If you watch this video, it's all him and like the the band. They're barely even. You would you wouldn't even consider them extras. You don't see them, and that doesn't seem fair to the news. I mean, they're the ones making the music, right? Anybody can sing. Can any anybody play an instrument? Well, I guess I don't know. He's a good looking guy, though. Is that part of it? And that's what they look for. You know, it doesn't matter. Remember Johnny Bravo and the Brady Bunch? Didn't matter what he sounded like. It he fit the suit. All right, they're always going for a certain look. Um, mm, hey, here's another thing. Did you see my show last night? I call him Senator Thug. That was a uh, it's a real problem that we have with uh, Schumer. It's one thing if Schumer's doing it by himself, but he's joined by Republicans. It's really not a Democrat Republican thing. It is a swamp thing. And boy, oh boy, is the swamp satisfied with Joe Biden? He does whatever they want. He has no ability to or capacity really to push back or even lead. Uh, listen to this. This is uh, Joe Biden. You're going to hear his voice in 1974, and then you'll hear a big switch. Okay, a big switch to what he sounds like now. Okay, first up, Joe Biden, 1974, and then Joe Biden yesterday, cut 24. I'm a 29-year-old oddball. The only reason I was able to raise the money is I was able to have a national constituency to run for office. Because I was 29, I'm like the token black or the token woman. I was the token young person. With regard to age, uh, I can't even say, I guess how old I am, I can't even say the number. And I feel good, and I feel excited about the prospects, and I think we're on the verge of really turning the corner in a way we haven't in a long time. It's not even his age. It's uh, it's the brain situation. There are plenty of 80-year-olds. You know who's going to live to be 120? Mike Bloomberg. His mother lived to be 120. And if you meet Mike Bloomberg, uh, he's the same guy he was uh, 20 years ago. And I know lots of people like that. My dad, a bunch of other people, they're they're to- totally, totally with it. doesn't matter. Age is truly a number. It doesn't mean anything. Uh, that's not Joe Biden. And you saw that he had those cheat sheets yesterday. Uh, who were these reporters actually giving, supplying the questions, the specific questions, even the wording? A reporter from the L.A. Times, is that? Uh, anyway, Joe Biden, by the way, uses age against other people. He's done that his entire career, his entire career. Uh, we went back, we found a radio commercial, and this is 1972. He is running. It's a total, totally... Uh, he's not worthy of the United States Senate. He's 29, but he's got some significant backers, and they're going against a guy named Hale Boggs, who's 63 years old. 63. Back then, that was considered too old. Can you believe it? And, uh, well, listen to this little radio spot they put together for Joe Biden's campaign. Cut 25. In Hale Boggs' day, when Stalin ruled, Americans had visions of Russian soldiers in our streets. Joe Biden's day, Americans have visions of American criminals in our streets. Joe Biden, he understands what's happening today. He understands what's happening today. He under- Does he? Not anymore. 1972? Sure. 2023? No. No. And this guy is now a major threat to national security. It's obvious. He can't pivot. He can't absorb new information. He's... In the situation room where things happening really fast in a crisis, uh, who's going to be making the decisions? Some 
unelected person. We don't know who that is. That's not a democracy. That's weird. That's crazy. And now that he's declared, look at the fake news trying to pretend everything is normal. Everything is normal, even though he's not going to campaign. Cut 26. Look, it's likely going to be several months before we see the president hit the trail and start to hold official campaign events. <laughs> why? Uh, why is that? Well, that's fine. They just uh, they just write it down and they go out to the front lawn of the White House and then they repeat it. And that is not the way it's supposed to work, is it? Hmm. Um, all right. What? Uh, oh, hold on a second. I forgot. It. Yeah. Donald Trump was on with my boss, John Katzimatini's. And let's hear how that conversation went. Cut one, please. Cut one. We have a man atop that is incompetent. We know that. You know that. Everybody knows that. He's grossly incompetent. He shouldn't be there in the first place. All right. That's awesome. Donald Trump calling into WABC radio. Let's hear a little bit more. Cut two. It was all self-inflicted, what, what they've done. We had the safest border that we've ever had. Very few people coming in. By the way, the drugs are now 12 times more than what was coming in three years ago. Think of it, 12 times. The drugs are pouring into our country. All right. You know what these sound bites are? Too short. Okay, I want them to breathe. I also want to hear John Katsimatidis talk to him a little bit, see if we got any of those. Uh, cut three, cut three. It's crazy what what's happening. And, you know, I don't know if you know, but the people, they're coming from prisons. They're coming from mental institutions and insane asylums. And these countries are all dumping them at our doorstep and saying, you take them. We don't want them. Uh, all right. I'd like to hear a little bit more. I do. I want to hear my boss talk to uh, Donald Trump. I'm not. Uh, all right. Cut four, please. Cut four. I think it's going to be 15 million people, John and Rita, when. When you look at the end of this year, 15 million people, and there's hundreds of thousands of people standing there right now waiting for a certain order to end that I, you know, put in. And they're going to be flooding into our country, and they're going to come in by the hundreds of thousands in another week. Uh, and one more we have, and then I want to see, I want to hear the top. I want to hear the chit-chat. I want to hear the small talk. That's good. That's interesting. Last one, uh, and then we'll get real serious. Cut five. I think our country is in trouble, and uh, oh. we need somebody that's going to have some world respect. Well, you don't think our country is in trouble, John, You, because you, you are a smart guy. I know our country I know our and country I would is say, in trouble. And I would say this. There has never been a time where our country is in more danger, and that's because of the nuclear, that's because of the weaponry that you have today that you didn't have in World War One or World War Two. All right. Now, I'd like to hear a bit more. All right, now let's get this, all right? Donald Trump called into WABC, and our beloved John Katsimatidis talked to him. All right, are we ready with that portion of it? All right, let's press the play button now. A big exclusive interview today on Cats and Cosby, and we welcome the 45th president of the United States and someone who may be the 47th president as well. Welcome to Cats and Cosby, President Trump. Great to have you here. Well, thank you very much, Rita. It's great to be with both of you. John is a special friend of mine, and he's an amazing guy, and it's great to be with you both. Congratulations on the new book. You uh, you moved me one yeah. step below uh, on uh, everything else, and, and uh, the book, I understand, <laughs> Is number one on Amazon, and uh, yeah, and, and and you'll make another billion. Yeah, well, it's been a successful book, and people love it. And it uh, it opened at number one, and it's probably going to be there for a long time. And 
it's uh, it's quite interesting. I will say that, John. It really is. People people have liked it. And by the way, everybody, you can get it at 45books.com or Amazon.com because it is number one. Go ahead, John. And uh, Mr. President, uh, uh, there's a few letters that you consider extra special. Uh, right. And tell us, tell our audience and our listeners, wh- which letters you consider extra special in the book. Well, there are so many. And, you know, somebody was saying yesterday how diverse it is. I never even thought of that because it's showbiz, it's politics, it's business, it's people like you. It's everything. And, and uh, you know, covers a lot of territory. So uh, I guess I've been in a lot of different uh, fields with The Apprentice and uh, even the book business because I've had a lot of bestsellers, as you know. And this one is uh, look, looks like it's really doing something. But And the real estate business and Manhattan and a lot of other things. So it's, a, it's very diverse. There are a lot of interesting letters. There's a letter uh, from uh, Richard Nixon saying that his wife Pat saw me on the, uh, uh, well, let's just say a show. And uh, a show on television, and she thought that it was wonderful. She thought it was so great, and she thought I should run for politics and all this. And he was telling me this a lot because I got him to know a little bit after he was out of office. But I got I got to know him. He was a tough guy, very very complicated man actually. But he was uh, you know a lot of lot of good things too. But uh, she said uh, if he runs, he will uh, Phil Donahue. He if he runs, he will. Absolutely, he'll be winning, and he would tell me that a lot. I have letters from Lady Di. I have an interesting letter from Andrew Lloyd Webber inviting me to the opening of a musical that he was going to be putting on. This is like 32 years ago. It was Phantom of the Opera, right? He said, a new musical called Phantom of the Opera. I think you'll enjoy it. to opening night. And so I went to opening night and uh, with him and some people. And it was Phantom of the Opera. And look how that turned out, right? It was, you know, one of the most successful ever. It ran for 35 years. Yeah, amazing. Actually amazing. And uh, so, you know, there's just a lot of a lot of great letters. Lady Dyson, some interesting letters. And uh, actors and business people and all famous. Oprah sent a letter saying, we got to run together. If we ran together, it would be a winner. I, I think she was sort of probably doing it for fun. Uh, but she meant I had, her, I had a great relationship with Oprah until I ran for politics, in which case, you know, uh, it was a little bit different. And that was the case in a lot of cases. And in a lot of cases, it didn't make any difference, John. Um, Mr. President, uh, since you've left office, the wor- world has fallen apart a little bit. Yep. And That's uh, true, John. I've been saying it on our radio show, me and Rita, that uh, uh, the Democrats and President Biden was supposed to make the poor people work for the poor people in the middle class. But the poor people got poorer. The middle class got poorer. And a trillion dollars worth of wealth has moved from North America to Russia and the OPEC nations. Yeah, we've uh, never had a time like this ever before. We had the greatest period of time ever during my administration, especially in the area where, you know, pre-COVID, where, I mean, literally the day before COVID, I was meeting with some political people and they were saying there's never been a time like this. You could have Lincoln and Washington running against you as president and vice president and they couldn't beat you. You know, we had everybody was taking care of African-Americans, Asian-Americans, Hispanic-America, Hispanic. I mean, they were doing so great. Everybody. And, uh, People with diplomas, people without diplomas, people that went to MIT, Harvard, and the Wharton School of Finance, 
and also people that didn't have a high school education. Everybody was doing great, men and women, everybody. And then it just it was all self-inflicted what what they've done. We had the safest border that we've ever had. Very few people coming in. By the way, the drugs are now 12 times more than what was coming in three years ago. Think of it 12 times. The drugs are pouring into our country, poisoning our our population. Uh, The people are coming in. I think it's going to be 15 million people, John and Rita, when when you look at the end of this year, 15 million people. And there's hundreds of thousands of people standing there right now waiting for a certain order to end that I, you know, put in. And they're going to be flooding into our country, and they're going to come in by the hundreds of thousands in another week. It's crazy what what's happening. And, you know, I don't know if you know, but the people, they're coming from prisons. They're coming from mental institutions and insane asylums. And these countries are all dumping them at our doorstep and saying, you take them. We don't want them. And the problem is our country isn't equipped for this. Think of it, prisoners and people from mental institutions, it's like we're a dumping ground, and it's a disgrace. We had the strongest border we've ever had, and now we have, I think, the worst border in the history of the world. Even if it was a third-world nation, they wouldn't allow this to happen, what's happening now. Millions and millions of people are just walking right into our country. It's it's the biggest problem we ever had. Uh, they're attacking our borders. Uh, they've killed over a hundred thousand with fentanyl in the last yep. twelve months. Uh, it, it's just out of control. It's an invasion. It's an invasion. No different than an army, and they're killing our people in many ways, including with disease. You know, you have people coming in that are that have disease, and they're they're killing. What what we're doing is in. Wow. All right. More on that. Hey, they are coming with disease. Oh, by the way, people not vaccinated for polio. Good stuff between John Katsimatidis and the president. Rita, too. More when I come back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. I just saw something on Instagram that's very funny, although I could probably get in trouble for laughing at it. So we'll just have to leave it alone. All right. Marianne in Philadelphia. How are you? Okay. How are you? Sorry I kept you waiting. Uh, What's going on? Uh, Nothing much. Uh, I have something to say about Jean Carroll, that Mm -hmm. creepy lady. Yeah. yeah, and the man, what is it, the um, governor of Maryland, was Westmore. Yeah, you don't hear and, these two people in the same sentence very often. Uh, not that you put them in the same sentence, but what about them? And January 6th. All right, that's a lot on our plate here, so let's uh, get to work. All right, let me give it to you. You ready? Gee whiz, you know, all right, go. Jean Carroll, when she was getting interviewed by Anderson at Cooper mm-hmm. and he started to become a little uncomfortable. Did you notice? Yes, Marianne. Did you notice? I talked yeah. about it last night, today, yesterday as well. But all right. Uh, and, then she, and then she hit on him at the end. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, what do you mean by okay. hit on? I mean, I don't think he's interested, number one, if you know what I mean. And number two, uh, he when she said, oh, you're fascinating to talk to, you're fascinating to talk to. Is that what you're talking about? The way she said no, it. No, 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 no. She wasn't hitting on him. She was not hitting on him. You know, do me a favor. Play that clip. Play that E. Jean Carroll thing. All right. You see where it is? Do I have to find it? Uh, come on. No, cut 28. Cut 28. 
The word rape carries so many sexual connotations. This was not, this was not sexual. It just, it, it hurt. It just, what, it just, you know. Well, I think most people think of rape as a, I mean, it is a violent assault. It is not. I think sexual. most people think of rape as being sexy. Let's take a short break. Think of the fantasies. Mm -hmm. We're going to take a quick break. If you can stick around, we'll talk more on the other side. You're fascinating to talk to. You're fascinating to talk to. She was really flattered. She was just kind of happy to be there. You notice he wasn't doing any real talking. She was doing the talking. She thinks she's fascinating. She's a weirdo. Uh, Marianne, what do you want to say about Wes Moore very fast? Moore. Wes Moore. He, he took out Joe Biden's playbook. He, he he is passing himself off in a, in a what? His whole life. All right. Yeah, me too. I'll be back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, so there's this actor named Giovanni Paolo. P-A-O-L-O. Paolo? Paolo, right? Giovanni Paolo. Giovanni Tehran, actually. Anyway, all right. So a big part of his humor, he seems to be possibly Hispanic, all right? And a big chunk of the humor is him making fun of white parenting and Latino parenting, all right? So uh, I don't know. I mean, are we allowed to laugh at this, all right? So he's 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 a person who... I, he's a person of color, all right? Fair enough, right? And he puts on a – look, I quite frankly found it very funny, all right? And uh, he puts on a blonde wig, and the label is white parents, all right? White parents, just white parents. Now, I, I, at first, I got to tell you, I got my Irish up. I'm like, is he make, is he singling out white people for mocking? And then, uh, well, uh, <laughs> I think he's equally offensive, and then somehow it makes it all funny. Oh gosh, you're giving me that look, Diego. I mean, this is remember, it's 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 you know, it's it's from a Hispanic guy. All right, you're Hispanic, right? <laughs> I'm Hispanic. I'm, I'm very were, curious. About were you what, born in this country? Going. Sorry, repeat that. Where, where were you born? Where were you born? I was born in Mexico. Mexico. Oh, phew! Imagine if I imagine if you were born in New Jersey, and I said, "Are you were you born in this country?" But well, we talked <laughs> about that before. I we think have I, talked I knew about that. I knew that. All right. Yeah. All right, here we go. Ready? Uh, 1.7 views on Instagram. Oh, wait, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Before I, I got to set up, wait, wait, wait. Sorry. It's, uh, the scene is he's a white parent. It says white parent. He's got a blonde wig on. It's obviously not his hair. And he's knocking on a bedroom door that's closed. Okay. All right. Here we go. Hey, kiddo, open up. No Listen, uh, I know you called your mom a bitch, and I know you crashed the car, but. That's okay. That's okay. I just don't want you in there for too long. It's not, it's not healthy. For peace sake, open the door. Can you? Come here. Come here. It's okay. All right, now. Now he's a, a Latino parent. Look, open the door. I'm not going to hit you. I'm not going to yell at you. Abre. Uno. Dos. All right, that's what I was laughing at. I think it's pretty damn funny. Uh, but Diego, I mean, this sounds very stereotypical. You know, Latinos being hot-headed and all. I mean, that's what he's kind of getting at. But then again, he's a Latino. I mean, uh, 
Oh, is there a, you know, look, let's face it. Some of these stereotypes have a core of, uh, you know, a little core of uh, the truth, right? Or what do we think about that? Oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, stereotypes like that, like, um, it's something to laugh at, you know, I, I think like, like, like that, um, I, I experienced that if I, if I did that, I would never, never hear the end of it. Uh, if you did what? I called my mother a, a that, yeah, right, right, uh, right, right. You get beaten up? I would, yeah, there'd be. You would have gotten beaten up. It would be, it would be discipline. Is it know? true that, uh, I guess, look, I mean, the, the different cultures have a different way of doing things. And by the way, in America, we've all kind of blended, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Into a culture of looking at our phones all day long. <laughs> That's the culture. <laughs> Not much of a culture, quite frankly. I like Viva la Différence! That was French. That was French. It didn't quite work. All right. Can we hear the John Katsimatidis interview again? Let's continue. John Katsimatidis, the president of the United States, called in to the Katz and Cosby show. Go ahead. And they're destroying our country. And, you know, if you look at Afghanistan, that horrible withdrawal, their, their surrender, whatever you want to call it, they took the military out first. For 18 months, we didn't lose one soldier in Afghanistan because they knew – they knew what the repercussions were going to be. And I was taking them out, but we would have taken them out with strength and dignity, and we would have kept Bagram Air Base. You know, the Bagram Air Base, one of the biggest in the world, it's one hour away from where China is and where they make their uh, nuclear weapons. And we were going to keep it. Now China has it. It's, it's not even believable what they did. Um. Rita, you wanted to? Yeah, I want to get your reaction, Mr. President, to uh, what President Biden just said just a few hours ago. He was at a press conference at the White House, and um, he was asked um, about you at the end, and he said, I know him well. I know the danger he presents to our democracy. We've been down this road before. What's your reaction to that? Well, he doesn't know me at all. We've virtually almost never met. I mean, he doesn't know me at all. Uh, he probably thinks he knows me because it's in, you know, it's in his brain. He doesn't know me at all. And we had a disgusting election, a disgusting result. And what they did was a disgrace to our country. And it's going to be written about in the history books. But, no, I don't know him, actually. I don't know him. And uh, he knows that, but he probably maybe doesn't know it. But if you think about MAGA, make America great again, he's attacking MAGA, make America great again. He's destroying America. That administration is destroying America. And look, he announced for presidents yesterday, for president, and he did it through a video. He didn't even stand behind a podium and make an announcement. Who's ever heard of a thing like this? You don't do that. You get up and you say, I'm going to be running for re-election or president, and, and that's the way it is. But he did it through a video. It's pretty sad. When he was running sad. against you, I guess uh, uh, they were hiding him in the uh, in the basement. And when he came out yeah. of the basement, uh, they had a, a twelve people, of which eight people were staff. No, uh, look, uh, it's a very bad, and it's not age because I know people in their late eighties and nineties that are a hundred percent. It's not age. It's not an age thing. It's uh, there's something cuckoo. There's something wrong, and we just can't afford to do this. You know. Uh, we could end up in World War Three because of this man. He has no concept of what's going on. He has no concept of what he's what he's doing. And we're dealing with nuclear weapons. We're dealing with nuclear countries. And, you know, the, the Iran nuclear deal was the worst deal. I ended it. And we would have had to deal with them with no nuclear weapons, no nothing, had the election not, be rig- not been rigged. 
And what happens is, John, if you take a look at what's going on with, you know, the, all they do is talk about nuclear war now. We didn't talk about nuclear war. You can't mention the word. You cannot mention the word because the power is so devastating. And we have somebody that's grossly incompetent, and he doesn't know what he's saying, and he doesn't know what he's doing, and he's dealing with people like President Xi and others that are extremely— he, the he has no clue. Their game. He has no clue. Mr. Mr. President, and, I've said to everybody at our 5 o'clock show every day, uh, they, the world leaders respected you. They respected you. They feared you. And uh, you were a symbol of America. You were a symbol of the free world. And the problem we have right now, the other countries have no respect. Saudi Arabia, no, no respect. The, no. The, the, the Russians and Chinese are making their own access of power right. and signing up uh, all the other countries. And they're moving and they away from us. the dollar standard, John. And if that happens, that will be like losing a, a major war. If we lose the dollar and the dollar standard, and that's what they want to do. And if you look, Brazil, Colombia, Russia, China, whenever they want, and many other countries. Look at France is going over and dealing with Xi. Look at Saudi Arabia. And I, they're great people. They're friends of mine. But they're now negotiating. They're now with Iran. And it was put there by China. Who thought this stuff would happen? These alliances are forming that are massive Against us, we have no alliance. We're we're losing our the problem relationships. is, Mr. President. The problem is, uh, Saudi Arabia always supported the United States. The rest of those countries yeah. always supported the United States. They yeah. don't trust President Biden. Well, and look at also no, the Abraham Accords too. Everyone talked yeah. about the incredible success, and now we see what's happening in Sudan. You know, the one thing um, yeah. that President Biden said a little bit ago, and and it's uh, it's such a contrast, John, to what you were just saying too, is he said. Uh, we inherited a nation with a serious loss of credibility around the world. He kept kind of blaming you mm -hmm. for the economy, blaming you uh, for the standing. What do you say to that after you hear uh, what John uh, so eloquently it's so, said? It's so crazy. They are a party of disinformation, and that's all they do is disinformation. Uh, we, What he did with – if you look at Afghanistan, that was the most embarrassing moment in the history of our country. Russia would have never gone into Ukraine, ever. And China, by the way, would never have even thought about going into Taiwan. This was the most, and now that's all they're thinking about. This is this is the most. This was the most embarrassing thing in the history of our country, the way we left Afghanistan. When we left there, we we surrendered. And I think what happened is Putin said, "Oh wow, this is our chance to do this." They would have never done that. First of all. We would have been out of Afghanistan, but we would have been out with tremendous strength and dignity. Think of it. We didn't lose a soldier in 18 months. Not one soldier was, was even shot at because they know if they did that, they'd have hell to pay. And now you look at what's happening in Afghanistan. You look at what's happening everywhere. What what happened is it was so bad. It was so we left 85. You know, I rebuilt our military. We left 85 billion, 85 billion dollars worth of equipment behind. And Afghanistan now is one of the largest sellers of military equipment. It's one of the largest in the world. You know, it is. We got so much of our stuff is finding its way over to uh, guess where actually Ukraine. All right. Ukraine. And, uh, well, that's fine. We're on the side of the Ukrainians, right? Well, yeah, but you know, uh, uh, they don't exactly have tight command and control and the stuff is all laying all over the place. 
and people are buying and selling it, and it's finding their its way into the hands of the terrorists all over again, all over again. And they have this stuff; it's called man pads. It's like a little portable missile system, and you just shoot it up. You just aim it roughly at an airliner, and boom, down comes the airliner. And they're worried about this, very worried about this. This could happen, uh, not only because of the weapons that we left behind in Afghanistan, but all the weapons we're sending over there. I mean, you know, all right. Whew. And now it's getting to the point, if you say, uh, well, uh, maybe uh, maybe we should be you know, pushing for peace between Russia and Ukraine. Oh, boy, watch out. They don't want to hear that. They do not want to hear that. All right, uh, let's see here. What was I going to do? Oh, I want you. To, I want to play you this. This is a very bizarre moment yesterday at the White House. I saw it on TV, and I'm like, "What the hell's going on there?" I just noticed it. It seemed like they were having a some sort of moment. Uh, what's her name? KJP, Karine Jean, whatever. She was getting all like emotional, and there were a bunch of women standing there. And I just walked by and I said, mm, "That looks silly." Whatever it is, I had no idea just how silly it was. Listen to this. So this week is Lesbian Visibility Week, and as the first openly queer person to hold the position of press secretary for the President of the United States, I see every day how important visibility and representation are. Today I'm honored to welcome the cast of The L Word and Generation Q, two Showtime series that chronicle the friendship, the love, the challenges, and the triumphs of strong, funny, and resilient queer women. What the hell's up with the queer what is up? What does that mean? Queer? What the hell does it mean? It used to be pejorative, right? That's what, you know, that's, as Homer Simpson said, that was a bad word that straight people use against gay people. Now, queer, I don't know what it means. I think it's a little bit odd. I mean, it's totally odd. The whole thing makes no sense. Some TV show gets a tour of uh, the White House. They got to stop everything and say they're here. I don't care if it's uh, the cast of The L Word or Gilligan's Island or uh, Coach Ted Lasso, that show everyone. Who cares? Just go to the White House and knock yourself out. Get a postcard. Go home. You're the top. Of... <laughs> and by the way, it's not Disability Day. It's Lesbian Visibility Day. Listen to this. It's Lesbian Visibility Day. Yeah. Well, this week is Lesbian Visibility Week, and as the first openly queer person to hold the position of press secretary. All right, stop this queer. I don't want to hear her anymore. I'm sorry. All right, all right. But when she got the job, when she got the job, she kept on talking about how she was gay. Now she's queer. What happened? She did, actually. She did. When she first got there, and quite frankly, I thought it was inappropriate. It was like she was talking about sex all day long. And she's, I mean, like, calm down. Can you imagine if I went everywhere saying I am a straight white male and, uh, you know, I eat meat in the morning and steak and eggs and rah, 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 you know, what? Nobody talks like that. Nobody should talk like that. It doesn't matter. No one's interested. I don't care if you're queer. I do care that you're a crummy spokesperson, quite frankly. And they got to bring in that guy from uh, the 1950s to help you out all the time, Kirby. He's the only one who can... You know, <laughs> Talk about the world stuff. You handle Lesbian Visibility Day, huh? Wow. All right. I'm looking forward to tonight, all right? This whole thing with Fox is still still playing out. There is a major media shift happening, a cultural shift is, as well. And uh, we've had so many things, uh, so many awakenings, but there's something else. It's all, you know, the swamp and uh, the elite media, they came. They came to cancel Tucker. It didn't work. 
They came to cancel President Trump, throw him in jail. It didn't work. It's exciting. All right. It's exciting. Uh, I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right, telephones, telephones. You guys have uh, been on the phone for a while. Let's see, uh, Rick and uh, uh, Rick, uh, what's up? Hey, the joke is E. Jean Carroll is more full of crap than Joe Biden's depends. That's not funny at all. Sorry, Rick. Did you? I don't like that uh, kind of toilet humor. I don't like elderly uh, jokes and... Uh, Yikes! Yikes! Rick, come on! You, I I felt bad for you. You were on hold for a you were on hold for a long time. You got another one? You're stuck to the science. No, the other it's... thing I called about you were complaining about. Uh, we're always complaining about the oil, but nobody talks about the climate change scam. Do you want any facts on that? Uh, Rick, uh, try again some other day. I'll see you, Simon in Brooklyn. Hello. Oh, hello, hello. Thank you so much for taking my call. Hi. So I want to talk about two items. Oh, Number one, I'm going to talk about bike lanes. Well, just don't, you don't, I, all right, all callers, do me a favor, just start talking, all right? You don't have to announce this laundry list of things. And let me guess, just a crazy hunch, you don't like bike lanes and you don't like bus lanes and you want them gone, right? Exactly. All right, there we why. go. Me too. Me too. Why? Because, why? What? What is the big, you have, what's the mystery here? Why do you want them gone? Okay, very simple. They yeah. don't pay a registration. They don't pay plates. They don't pay insurance. Yeah, they, yeah they, I know. They, they pass red lights. Yeah. And they take away my real estate for parking. I can't stand well, it I myself. All right, all right, Simon, I hear you loud and clear. And if I become mayor, quite frankly, I'm getting fired up about that uh, possibility again. Out they go. All right? I will break up. I'll, t- I'll take a sledgehammer. Well, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to show up like some phony baloney Eric Adams type with a, you know, with a sledgehammer and uh, have a photo op, all right? But they will be gone. They will be gone. Find a way. I know it's going to be hard, by the way. It's not the easiest thing in the world. Just because you're mayor doesn't mean you're king. Ron in Nassau County, yeah? Yes, hello. Um, I'm calling because I really, uh, really feel, as an American, I feel impotent. Um, I feel impotent when it comes to you hear all these hearings, of course, as we get used to now with January 6th and how everything. Why do you feel impotent? Why do you feel impotent? Tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because where are all the people that we voted in, all the people, maybe they're not the majority all across the board, but where are the good Democrats, the independents, the the, the Republicans? Were right. there? You should not feel saying, impotent for these reasons, all right? Let me ask you something, Ron. Have you ever written to one of these people that you're so frustrated yes, with? Have I you have. you have? Yes, you wrote a letter? You actually I write wrote a letter? The president. You write I a letter? Uh, pre- so you actually write a letter, pen to paper? Physical letters. Letter? Like Physical you letters. And do they right. write back? Do the members of Congress write back? No, I haven't heard back from not one person. Do you are you, do you have crazy penmanship or do you do, do they look professional? Actually, I have good penmanship. Hmm. Uh, well, Ron, look, don't feel impotent. Uh, I mean, I hate that word. I hate a man saying you feel impotent. Come on. And by the way, we, there's, you know, you know, you can get Roman or something like that. I, I know you don't mean that literally. All right. Uh, don't feel impotent. Get to work. Get to work and start locally. You're calling the president. What about there must be something wrong in Nassau County. Start there. Start local. You're maybe you're aiming too high. 
Start local. Let everybody, you know what I mean? All right. Barbara, sorry. Oh, Barbara, you've been waiting, and we don't have all that much time. Hit me, Barbara. I need you. Hi, Greg. Hey, hearing what you're playing of Trump's interview and then hearing what Tucker Carlson had to say are in line with the things that you do in your shows and your presentation. You tell the truth and people are attracted to the truth. And Benjamin Franklin said that. He said, honesty is the first chapter of the book of wisdom. So when you have honesty and truth paired with experience, as President Trump does, then people are drawn to that because they know that person has wisdom that they have earned, not something that they're just talking about, but things that they have done and learned. I love it. Oh, gosh. Honesty is the first chapter in the book of wisdom. Ben Franklin? Yes, Benjamin Franklin, yes. Well, you may see that phrase tonight on the Newsmax show. Wonderful. And January 6th, the January 6th hearings have us all so upset. Well, you know what? The General Assembly of Tennessee on on the 6th of this month, um, the Democrats there got up to object to a video that was going to be played of the people that they were voting to censure. And um, in the eight minutes that those Democrats spoke, they made every great argument against what the January 6th committee has done. Yes, they actually did. They did something that members of Congress, even people like Ted Cruz, did not do. They did not disrupt their own proceedings. That's what they did. Terrible, terrible people, those Tennessee three. Listen, I'm out of time. Many, many thanks, Barbara, and to everybody else. I'll see you tonight at 10 on Newsmax.